You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome, listeners, to this edition of the Essential Apple Podcast. Uh, after the last few weeks where we've had, uh, you know, guests um, from the industry, as it were, and not talked about news, this week we have the uh, effervescent Bart Bouchotts from uh, Let's Talk Apple and, of course, Let's Talk Photography. Hello, Bart. How are you? I am doing fine. I don't think I've ever been described as effervescent before. I am, <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, you know, it was that or perspicacious. Take your pick. Ooh, I'd have to have gone for a dictionary for that one. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and how are you then, Bart? Okay? Yeah, I am absolutely grand. Um, just coming to the end of two weeks of vacation, unfortunately. Oh. Back to work tomorrow. That would oh. be a bit of a shock to the old system. <laughs> but no, no, I'm, I'm good. That's good. That's good. I am finally uh, free of the bunged up nose syndrome, I'm glad to say. Oh, good. Good, yes, good. That was very unpleasant. Um, well, I know yeah. you, you know all about that sort of thing, so we won't, we won't go into the horrors, but um, I'm glad to be rid of it. Let's put it that way. Uh, so. Absolutely. Well, um, the stories that we've got uh, this week, Bart, are kind of spread out over the last couple of weeks because we didn't really do any news over the last couple of weeks. And you know, a lot of what was on the blogs and in the podcasts was, of course, look at the shiny, shiny new uh, iPhones and all that. So uh, I didn't want to rehash what everybody else is talking about. And I don't have any shiny new toys, so I can't really comment that much anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) if you want a one sentence review of the iPhone 11, um, amazing upgrade if you're coming from either an eight or a 10, not worth it if you're coming from a 10s, a lovely camera, yeah, and the green rocks. There we go. That's my quick. <laughs> I was going to say, my my um, you know, my reading of the general uh, zeitgeist is very much, you know, if you're coming from a an eight or yeah, a seven or maybe even a ten, probably worthwhile. If you're on anything later than that, if you're on a you know a 10s or a uh, like me, the 10R, probably not worth the, you know, unless if you're really into the cameras, maybe, but I'm not really into cameras, so it makes no difference to me. Yeah, if you'd be prepared to pay a few hundred bucks for a new camera, then fair enough, go for the new iPhone. But otherwise, I think, you know, as an iPhone goes, it's it's a better camera, but it's a very similar iPhone. Yes, exactly. Um, Very much so. I mean, obviously, if you're into the cameras, if you were like me with the 10R, I've got the single camera. If you were really into it, I suppose you could go, well, if I go to the uh, you know, the 11, um, I'll get the dual cameras. But like you say, you'd, you have to be interested in the cameras, really. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Otherwise, I mean, uh, obviously, the, there was the iPad. Uh, that, that did um, seem quite a nice uh, piece of kit. It looked like a nice you know, evolution rather than anything dramatic. Um, I didn't get one of those, but I don't have any first-hand experience. No. Um, no, no I, I did go from a Series 2 Apple Watch up to the new Series 5, which was a spectacular upgrade. But again, if you have a Series 4, 
yeah really the only thing you're getting is the, the, the compass and the always on screen yeah and personally the always on screen is a nice to have it's not i'm not finding it game changing um and the compass nice to have yeah sure makes maps and stuff a bit nicer for when you're walking okay great but you know it's not if you're on a four i'd you'd want to be really into your watches to upgrade yeah I I, again from my reading of the you know of the sort of general consensus seems to be that if you've got a four uh maybe even if you've got a three you might want i would to... know if you've got a if you've got a three you're on the smaller screen so the, any move from a two or a three you're going to that amazing new screen. the new screen yeah I, I guess it's that. Like that is huge, if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm still on a Series 0. I'm still meandering yeah. along in the slow lane. Uh, but then, you know, I don't I do not do all the fitness thing and I don't do the health thing. And for what I use it for, it's still... I'd, I'd quite like maybe to get a Series 2, maybe a 3. I might be tempted by a 3 if... Uh, well, what's the cheapest they're selling at the moment? It is the 3, isn't it? They the discontinue three. the 4 and they're selling the 5 and the 3. And the 3 is great value for money then. Yes. And um, at the moment, I think it's... They brought it down to starting from 199, which is the 38 mil. I think the... Yeah, 40, that's a very good price. I think the 42 mil is 229 in UK. Um we're pretty much on, you know, dollar to dollar to the pound, um, as per usual. Um, if it, no, if towards uh, the holiday season, as the Americans like to call it, uh, Christmas time for some of us, um, I'm hoping maybe there might be some deals. If I could get it down to sort of 175 or less, I might be tempted to get one. Sort of Black Friday-ish, you mean? Yeah, something like that. Anything like that, um, you know, we shall see. We shall see. It, it, for me, it would be a nice to have rather than, you know, I don't use my watch and go, oh, why am I using this clunky old watch? <laughs> I don't. Oh, well, uh... then, then if it's not a pain point, fair enough. Whereas I, I was finding, like, I use my watch extremely heavily and I was finding this, the, the sluggishness of the interface. And well, the battery was starting to wear out because my watch was series two. It was, you know, three years old. I use it very heavily. So it, yeah. it, it needed some. It needs to be replaced, and the five is such an amazing upgrade. From oh the yeah! Two. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, when I watched the event, I saw the five, and I thought, "Oh, look at that! Always on, big shiny screen. You know, much faster. All sorts of um, all sorts of lovely things." But it, it's a luxury item for me, um, and at that sort of price, you know, it you is could, a luxury. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the sort of price they're asking, if you know, for something which it would just be nice to have. You start to think, well, for that money, I could buy an iPad. I could buy the basic iPad yeah. for that much money, <laughs> which would probably yeah. get a lot more use, you know, rather than me going, look, I got a new watch. But there we are, each to their own. And uh, if, like you say, if you use yours heavily, I'm sure that's a, you know, a damn good investment. I'm, uh, I certainly wouldn't knock yeah. anybody, but mine I use mostly for notifications and, um, you know, the swift reply occasion. If somebody like my daughter sends me, I'll be round at 5 p.m., I can just tap. Okay, no, <laughs> and uh, there we are. So, I a lot of thumbs up. Yeah, and oh, I think all of the, you know, I thought all the devices, uh, as I did in my said in my solo show, I thought it. Yes, you've always got the knockers. Oh, it's just incremental. Well, everything's pretty incremental. What did at you the expect? <laughs> <laughs> in a mature market, it's that you know, until somebody comes up with the next big thing, it's all going to be incremental. Um, apparently, apparently, it's attributed to um, 
Bill Gates, but I think one of the cleverest things I heard is that everyone always expects too much year by year and underestimates how things change decade by decade. Yeah, um, that that one I, I've heard similar. Um, I can't remember who it was attributed to. It's probably attributed to a lot of people, but the, their version was um, futurologists underestimate the long term and overestimate the short term and something like that anyway it's uh <laughs> there we go the same idea right we expect too much year to year but when you actually stop and take stock after five or ten years you're like holy wow <laughs> have we moved on yeah exactly so um yeah it's a two sides of the same coin comment i think uh well where are oh, what else uh apple arcade went live have you have you played with the apple arcade I have not. I um, yeah. I I waited until uh, yesterday actually, and uh, I you know signed up for the free trial. Um, and so far I've played one game uh, on my phone, which was called Spaceland, which is a sort of um what yeah, sort of turn by turn uh RPG type thing where you have a little group of people who are exploring. Um. I have to say, it seems like quite a nice game. Playing it on my phone, I couldn't read any of the dialogue <laughs> because my eyes are <laughs> shot. Um, and I haven't had a chance to throw it up onto the Apple TV. But um, again, I think for me, probably not. There's a lot of platformers and, and that sort of thing. Um, probably not really my bag. But it, lo- it looks like it could be um, could be good. If I had kids, I think the fact that it's so cheap on a monthly basis and it's immediately family it, it is always for the family that that is i like that pricing model so that would appeal to me if i had a family yeah I'm, but i don't so i don't i mean the only person in my house who's likely to be more into it than than i am would be my boy who's nearly 11 um we shall have a look while we've got a month's trial i might get him to have a go at some of them on the apple tv and if it appeals to him i might consider it if they're not really his sort of thing and he'd rather be on his ps4 then um it'll be a no-no for me but um they seem like yeah. some quite nice games it just depends what sort of games you like to some extent well, it know. does but also if you have younger kids what's great about them is they're a genuinely safe place because oh, yes. there are no in-app purchases there are none of those loot box shenanigans yeah it is then... a place where kids can play and they will will not rack up a credit card bill you can just Yes. Let them enjoy the games. That's that. There's a lot to be said for you know. There's no adverts, no interruptions. Um, I did notice there's yep. a section called beginners, which I assume is um games for younger children. Um, or for people who aren't big into gaming. Well, yes, indeed. Um, there we go. Uh, so I, I'm undecided on that one. Undecided. I don't know. Uh, several people have said, of course. Um, can Apple keep you know keep topping it up with um new content? Because a hundred games sounds like a lot, but when you start breaking it down into puzzles, platformers, uh, you know, action games, uh, mystery games, that doesn't make a lot of games in each category. And uh... right, but it is—it's not Apple making the games as developers. So the real question is: Will the developers make money? If yes. the developers basically the the whole point of this was to provide a business model that didn't involve yes extorting people exactly. with all sorts of tricks and shenanigans. So if it works, if they can make money, then it will be successful. Yeah, and if the business model doesn't hang together, it will fail. Exactly. Um, and I th- I think what will possibly determine its its you know longer term 
survival that obviously is that but also the developers need to be on board enough to keep adding new material because yeah people will get pretty bored with you know a hundred games uh <laughs> once the novelty yeah. is worn off so uh you know i'm 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 hoping that it works out i i really am um yeah we'll we need a see. better business model to, to be viable we need, we need that to exist so fingers yes crossed. we do there we go um on that uh, note, uh, Donny mm-hmm. has started a Twitter account to do mini game reviews as he tests them, which is um, at Arcade Reviews. Um, for anybody who's in, oh, oh, sorry, at A Arcade Reviews for Apple Arcade. Sorry, misread that. Um, and I believe he's also going to do a dedicated website. Um, if I can ask him for the uh, URL for that, I'll stick it in the show notes. But he's going to do um, a dedicated website for his uh, longer reviews. So he's, the Twitter will give sort of first impressions as he plays games, and then he will uh, write them up on his website. So there we go. Uh, if anybody's interested in finding out what the games are like, that might be worth a look. Um, now this one, uh, this one, this was sort of uh, crept onto the scene, I think, last week with not a great fanfare. But apparently, Apple are now going to let you extend your iPhone warranty almost indefinitely. Um, the uh, Apple yeah, for, Care... for as long as they're prepared to, for as long as they're prepared to support the device, you can keep extending month by month, which is interesting. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you if you buy an iPhone 10 and it has two years of Apple Care and the thing is going to be in support for four or five years, why not let you keep buying support? Mm. So uh, they've extended the. Uh... Option for iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch into a monthly subscription, which um, you know seems fair. If if you want, if you want that, um, not the Mac. Boo, boo, hoo. That said, right, that right, said, they always. I've never but... really, I've never taken Apple Care on my on my Macs because if they're going to break, they usually break in the first two years anyway. <laughs> but the thing is, they usually roll these things out product by product, so I. Don't assume that it means never. Just assume no, it means not yet. Not yet. Um, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure that I would feel the need to um, Apple Care my my Mac forever, as it were. Jesus, I do them all. Actually, I think it's an amazing peace of mind. The way I look at it is, I I, I price my my Macs in terms of three years life. Right. And so I get Apple Care on them, and then I'm guaranteed the three years of life. And I keep using them after that for as long as they stay good. But I, everything I've had to me is a bonus. So I've budgeted to be able to afford a new one every three years. I've saved my money up on the assumption that I may need it when Apple Care runs out. I almost never do because they last me five years usually. Yep. But that thing gives me two years of free. So I no, I, I always take the Apple Care. Fair enough. Fair enough. There we go. Um, so there you go. Uh, there's links to that if anybody wants to read about that. Um, and uh, this is also a kind of uh, side story. Uh, Alistair uh, in the Slack room says he has started a new blog at uh, sittingduck.co.nz, uh, Echoes, which is inspired by Scott Wilsey's uh, WTF Weekly, um, where he's going to do a quick take uh, and occasionally have a good old rant. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, do Do you know Alistair? I know Alistair very well. He's um, he, he's a Nasilla Castaway in Alistair's very good community, and he has been on my podcast quite a few times. Really nice guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he's been he's been on. Uh, he came on this show. Obviously, the fact that he's in New Zealand sometimes makes the time zones a little uh, interesting. 
<laughs> yes, I you know that is definitely true. Yeah, the, the weirder the time is for me, the more likely Alistair is to say yes, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think when he came on my show, we organised it so that it was uh, around the Christmas holidays, and uh, we recorded it uh, late on a Saturday night so that it would be Sunday morning for him. <laughs> there you go. That that's usually actually how it goes. Yeah, I'm in Saturday, he's in Sunday, and I ask him how the future is, and we carry on. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's. Have you got any other Apple stories per se? I don't think we have really, have we? Nothing that springs to mind. Well, we have the new this new bug found in the firmware. That's kind of a big deal. Oh yes, I look. I didn't put that in my notes. Oh yes, I didn't. No. Uh, tell everybody what that one's about, then, Bart, and then we'll have a see what. So we we've think. had a, a bug has been found and released um, an exploit in the read-only very 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 low level firmware of all iphones from the 10 back so it doesn't include the 10s and it doesn't include the 11s and i presume that also would include the 10 or which didn't exist in the era of the 10 but this low level bug which according to the the who's released it is unpatchable and that seems plausible to me if it's down in the, the bootloader which is so low level um it, what it basically means is that if you have physical access to a phone, you can run any OS on it you like, which is obviously a boon for jailbreakers, but a real danger for anyone who would be, you know, perhaps a political dissident or something, or a freedom fighter, or maybe a high-level technical person traveling in a country where industrial espionage is a thing. It basically means that if you let your phone out of your sight, you can no longer ever trust it because it could have been rooted while it was out of your sight. Right. So if you're going through a checkpoint and they take your phone away for a minute, you now have no ability because secure boot can be bypassed on these older devices. So if you're a person of interest, be it for industrial espionage or for state actions or whatever, then you need to be using a newer phone than a 10. Fair enough. Hmm. That's... Everyone else gets a jailbreak, which yes. is kind of nice. If you're, if you're into And that. also... Security researchers get really low-level access into the phone this way. So arguably, there's a weird twist here. So for high-value targets, this is really dangerous. But for everyone else, this may actually be a bonus because it will we'll still be vulnerable to the you know physical access bug we're extremely unlikely to ever get hit by. But the security researcher will have more chance of finding more bugs that we are likely to get hit by that are possibly exploitable. So for us, it may actually be good news. Yes. Yes, it's it, perverse, but <laughs> yes, it's one of those. I mean, uh, to some extent, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's not great, but then at the same time, I've always said if somebody's got physical access to your device, all bets are off anyway. Um, yeah, but that shouldn't be the case with these mobile devices with the secure boot infrastructure and stuff. So the iPhone is better than that, yes, normally, normally. Um, and now it isn't if it's a 10 or older, yeah, well. That's so you're falling back on your PC, like you're, so it's, it's now as insecure as your laptop. Yeah, um, and as you say, I guess if you are a person of interest, um, then um, yeah, look, if I was if I was someone who had valuable industrial secrets, state secrets, or was doing something that a government didn't like, this would concern me greatly. I'm not. It doesn't. Yeah, that, that I was going to say. On the whole, I think most of those high-value targets are probably on the latest models all of the time. Um, 
maybe less so political activists, but um, I guess yeah, knowing that it's lawyers... out there, you know, knowing that it's out there uh, means you yeah. can protect yourself by simply, you know, having to spend a few dollars and buy a new device if you feel you need to. Or always using burner phones when you're going to countries you're a bit unsure of. Yeah, basically, once you're forearmed is forewarned, you know, so if you're a lawyer working on human rights stuff, you now know this is reality, so you can adjust your life accordingly. Yes, it's all about threat models, as uh, people yes. who work on such things like to say. Yes, um, yeah. It, and there is also the intriguing possibility that this is how Grey Key worked. It, it, it is, of course, yes. Um, although, um, uh, at Dougie, uh, who's been on the show before, who works in digital forensics, uh, did tell us that the grey key when apple did the um the shut off the lightning shut off that actually did pretty much shut the whole grey key thing down um do you remember that hmm. yeah. i do remember that yeah but grey key remember keeps iterating as well so there's new versions of it coming out which claims to have new oh, features uh, of and course stuff, so. it's it's <laughs> it's it's the endless uh you know uh arms race or uh cat and mouse game it's cat and mouse one you know one's ahead then the other uh, <laughs> yeah, they just try and outdo each other forever. It's Tom and Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, no, no funny mallets. But other than that, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Right. Um. Well, uh, Tech Radar had a piece uh, earlier in this week saying Windows 10 problems are ruining Microsoft's reputation, and the damage cannot be underestimated. Um. Of course, the the I, uh, I was busy underestimating it. I guess I I. <laughs> I don't think there's much going on, but okay. Do, do enlighten me. Well, um, basically, over the what last six months or so, um, Windows 10 updates in particular have been plagued with bugs and problems, um, including one showstopper data deleting bug, which was uh, very bad. Um, obviously, I, th I think to some extent they're talking here about how the damage it's doing to it with IT type departments, because... Um, maybe, maybe, but I don't see... Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I Only maybe, because I work in IT. I am, I'm supposed to be one of these people who's supposed to be all, oh, this has ruined Microsoft's reputation, and I'm really struggling to get animated. Yeah, well, as somebody said in the Slack room, um, it might have been Weihan, can you ruin a reputation that is already terrible? <laughs> but I don't think that's fair. To, no, I, mean, I know. I, I mean, he was being facetious, but um, I, I, Windows... It was does, fair once, but it yes, isn't fair today. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest. Windows 10, uh, you know, I've been using Windows 10 since it, it, since it came out. And uh, I think it's a fine OS, to be honest. Uh, it is. Possibly it, one of the best ones that, uh, you know, Microsoft have put out. Yes, exactly. Um, and if you're still on one, of, if you're still on Windows 8 or something, do yourself a bloody favor and join the modern yeah. world on 10. You will be better for us. You will. You will feel better. Yeah. I mean, um, eight, eight, seven was OK. Eight was pretty horrible. Eight point one, which I always say should really have been eight point five at least. Uh, was not bad. 10, um, yeah, brings Windows into the modern world. Uh, sure, they're saying there's bugs in upgrade updates and so on. Um, but they, isn't there me, bugs they address, in everything? <laughs> well, there's bugs in everything, but to me, the rollout of the spring update addressed my concerns. Mm. 
because they went really slow and steady and did a good job of that rollout. So to me, there was a brief blip. They took immediate action. They, you know, they rectified their procedure to stop a recurrence. So rather than me having my confidence dashed, to me, it was the opposite effect. I was like, oh, there's a danger here. Aha, they're on it. I am the opposite of put off by that. I am encouraged by that. I yeah, I don't I, I don't agree. Basically, I think I tech radar to me have a different view of reality to yeah, what I well, see. And I am supposedly one of the people <laughs> who they think these opinions and I just don't. Yeah, I mean, what, what have they got here? At the start of September, long-standing minor bugs, uh, including compatibility issues with Intel storage drivers, were fixed. Uh, the problem was that this cumulative update didn't just fix bugs, but it introduced a new one where Cortana caused high levels of CPU usage. But, uh, how many people are actually using Cortana on their desktop? Really? And if your CPU goes a bit high, it's not the end of the bloody world. Most mm. people won't notice at all because most people's CPU are idle 99.9% of the time. Yes. There was no showstoppers here. Like this is, yes, there's bugs. There's always bugs. Yes. It's um, like, have you seen iOS 13? <laughs> yeah, I've been on it since the start. Um, actually, maybe I don't push it very hard because, you know, I haven't come across a lot of bugs, but then I don't do many things outside the kind of core um, of what you expect iOS 13 to do. Um, yeah, at this stage, the, the catastrophic ones are gone. And what you're left with is just weird little, huh, that shouldn't happen. And then you go out and you go in and again, and it's fine. So it's sort of like little gremlins rather than yeah. data destroying bugs. So, and yeah, then, I mean, I, I, I'm so being facetious, but no, it's, I don't, I, sorry, I just, I don't agree. No, I, I, I I mean, the only one they mentioned in here, which seemed like, um, you know, an actual one was there was a data deletion bug at some point. But then what OS well, is Well, even that, point. sorry, no, back up a sec. Even that one was an edge case of a flippant edge case. It was if you remapped your folder. So, you know, the way you have these standard folders in Windows, like your My Documents, and your My Pictures and stuff, you can map those to different locations. Right. Yes. You can tunnel If you map them, them to different locations and simultaneously continue to store data in the default locations, which are now not mapped to, then the data in the default location got overwritten because Microsoft assumed if you remapped it, you remapped it. Well, so basically, only idiots lost data. And there were almost <laughs> none of those. I believe it was 10 reported cases in the whole planet, which completely blown out of, the, out of all proportion. Right, the there we go. Then. There we go. Right. So that's, um, there you go. I, I mean, I... I wasn't aware of that, but there you go. Yes, that's... that's yeah, the, who'd have thought... I'm, I keep finding myself on podcasts defending Microsoft. This is the <laughs> second time in three days I've been doing it. This is weird. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't necessarily saying I was just going by this article, but, you know, even then... Well, no, I wasn't defending it from you. I'm just saying but, I am the one making yeah. the pro-Microsoft argument on a podcast. <laughs> and, fair, and fair enough. Um, and, and let's face it... Um, I know it was in the beta, but we did have in the early betas some iCloud issues with iOS 13, and uh, there was a problem where it would either delete or alternatively duplicate your uh, data quite a lot, um, which we mentioned before on this podcast. Uh, early on, you would find your iCloud filling up because it would be replicating your uh, replicating your documents folder every time you logged in. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, not not brilliant, not brilliant. It got fixed, but it was um. There we go. Uh, pocket casts, pocket casts. Um, this is a bit strange. I I never really quite figured this because pocket casts. I think was four pounds ninety nine 
uh, quite a popular, you know, podcast app. Um, I guess they're trying again. We're back to business models here, aren't we? Um, yeah. Well, the, the reason it was weird is because they've made the app free, and then they said there's a subscription service, which I think was something minuscule, like a dollar a month. Um, it's a while since I read it, but they're not yeah, so expecting. It, but they're not expecting. The full... They're not expecting most people to take up the um, subscription because that has extra features that only people who are probably podcasters themselves would want to use. Well, that's how my podcasting app uh, is. It Overcast is Overcast has the same thing. Very few people need the Pro Upgrade, but it is actually a better business model because if you've priced your upgrade in such a way that you only expect ten percent of users to get it and you price it appropriately, then that means you have constant income instead of this really really bursty income and you've created that to be the appropriate size so the to me this just seems like adjusting the business model to get away from the fact that having only getting money when you make a whole brand new product is not actually a very good model for, for an app's life and this this seems to be a model that works well for people you know i, I pay my I think it's, it might even be nine euro a year I pay for the pro features in, in Overcast. But mainly that's just because I like the developer and I want to give him money. Hmm. And the well, alternative is ads. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It just, it just seemed to be that they were, I mean, obviously I know a lot of people are very resistant to, you know, buying an app um, in the first place. Um, what's it say here? Pocket Cast is making its podcast app free and launching a subscription service which is 99 cents a month for cloud storage. Um, the CEO, Owen Grover, imagines podcast creators will use the cloud storage to listen or watch a show before they publish it. Um, and it lets people who like pocket casts uh, use it for all of their media. Interesting. Right, well, so it's not only for podcasters. It, it, it is mm. a, I'll grant you that as pro features go, it's an odd one. Yeah. Um, the one-time download fee was, he said, antiquated, so they have dropped it. Um, yeah, that I agree with. Yes. But, yeah, um, the choice of how to make it premium seems a bit unusual. Hmm. In fact, we predict only a very small percentage of power users will opt to take out Pocket Cast Plus. Hmm. Good. Oh. So, they're, 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 yeah, but that's, again, that's what I'm saying. If they have budgeted in such a way that their, their, their finances work on an assumption of blah percentage of people taking them up, so if they've planned it for 1% or whatever, yep. that that will cover their costs and this is all good. It just um, um, says, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I'm not a user, so I guess I don't understand well enough to have a deeper no. opinion other than as a business model, bristy, bad, smooth, good. This is much smoother than that bristy. I need to invent features to be able to call it a 2.0, to be able to ask for money again. Everyone will go mad at me because iOS doesn't do great pricing. Well, you're talking about that. Talking about, um, to some extent, uh, people who'd already bought Pocket Casts. Um, unpredict, un, you know, unsurprisingly, some people were up in arms. I've already given you five dollars or whatever it was, and um, you're only offering me three years of plus subscription for free. So I'm offended. So apparently, everybody who's already paid has now been given a lifetime subscription to the plus. It's like, hang on a sec. You're saying it's ninety nine cent a month. They've been given thirty six months for an app that cost a fiver or whatever. Yeah. I and uh, wow, some of them are entitled. Yes, exactly. And um, apparently, Pocket Cast, as I read, um, as I read it, have uh, said, "I'll oh, stop your whining. Just have it for free forever, then, and shut up." 
It's probably cheaper to just swallow that cost. Yeah. Uh, but there we go. Depends how many people would actually bother to take them up on it, isn't it? There we are. Uh, oh, dear. Some people, eh? Some people. Um, You might know a little bit more about this than me, um, Bart. Go on. But, well, the cloud flare. You know, Cloudflare uh, launched the yes. uh, one 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 uh, DNS yes. service, um, yes. which I do use. I also use the nine 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 service. Who I forget who that's from. It might be called nine 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 nine. The Quad Nine is from a consortium that includes a whole bunch of big companies and governments, isn't it? I'm not sure, but it's it it offers a, a similar service to. Cloudflare. Um, I I have those as my two DNS services um, because they are quicker than a lot of the others, and they're not Google's eight 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 eight. Yes, which I mean, Google's eight 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 is immensely fast yes. and immensely reliable. But 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 um, that's not the same thing. No. Um, because, yeah. They have a vested interest in knowing what you're up to. And DNS is, DNS really says what you're at because every time any app you use needs to translate a human friendly domain name into an IP address, it needs to go to DNS. So if you just watch your DNS queries, you know every website you go to, every app you use that talks to the internet is going to leak its presence out through DNS queries. Even though you won't be able to see what it is you're doing on your banking website. You will be able to see that you looked up the DNS for your banking website, so you know that's where you bank. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Cloudflare uh, mm-hmm. promised that they would have um, a Warp VPN, which is now apparently available to all users. Okay. Now, yeah. this was a little confusing. Even I was somewhat confused because there appears to be a free level and then a paid level. And I was... yes, because of course they're a for-profit company. Yes. Um, but there's Warp and Warp Plus Unlimited, and um, I it says Warp Plus offers users up to thirty percent faster browsing. Um, but it's using some um some sort of proprietary technology. I I I I'll admit that I was a little bit lost trying to um. Yeah, but that's not a security feature we're going with there. So they're talking about routing technology. So that's just basically moving stuff across the internet faster. So that's not a privacy bonus. That's a speed bonus because when you're routing traffic through a VPN, it physically has to travel further around the internet. So if they can do stuff to speed that up, then that is that will. You know, so if you're using a VPN versus browsing directly, you get hit two hits. So there's encryption happening, which means that your device might be doing a bunch of math, and there's no way around that. Now, on modern devices, a lot of that math is actually handed off to physical parts of the chip that are designed to do the AES encryption and so forth. So that's not as big of a hit as it used to be. It's not the battery drain. It's not the CPU hog because you have dedicated hardware for these algorithms, but it still has to be done. So you take a hit because every packet of information has to be encrypted and or decrypted, depending on whether it's coming or going. So you're always going to get that hit. But the other is, instead of your traffic leaving your phone and going straight to its destination, it leaves your phone through the encrypted tunnel, goes to the VPN provider, then from the VPN provider to the website you actually went to, from the website you actually went to, back to the VPN provider, from the VPN provider, back to you. So that extra travel time 
is also going to slow down browsing on a VPN. So what Cloudflare are saying is, so they are a content delivery network. They have sort of presence physically scattered across the entire planet. So when you're using their VPN, you're not connecting to some far off server in California. You're going to be connecting somewhere very close to them. And then in theory, you're going back out onto the internet to get to the website you want to get to. So they could put you back out onto the internet somewhere close to where you are now, but you know from the other end of the, the encrypted tunnel, or they could route you through their massive infrastructure and put you back on the internet close to destination. And then you get to make use of all of their immense knowledge of how to make packets move efficiently across the internet, because that is literally their core business. Exactly. And so that's, that's what the War Plus is all about. It's about getting your data faster. So not more secure, faster. Yeah. So the, the, the weird thing is they appear to be calling it Warp VPN. So, um, uh, Wait, but they offer a VPN. So it is a VPN. So the question is, do you want a normal speed VPN or a fast VPN? So anyway, um, as a result of that, uh, there is a Cloudflare explained, not a true, PN, uh, true VPN, but it will protect you on public Wi-Fi. And uh, this is from Cloudflare themselves uh, on their blog with uh, apparently an explanation because the the way they kind of um, put it out was somewhat confusing because there are paid levels and not paid levels. And uh, there you go. So um, if you're a bit confused, go to the uh, Cloudflare blog link in the show notes and they will explain uh, more clearly what's going on. (laughs) Because I have to admit, although I understood what they were doing, the, 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 the... the sort of VPN part of it seems to be um, somewhat confusing. Nobody's is no, not very clear. It's nobody's quite clear or didn't appear to be clear as to whether the VPN part was uh, paid for or part, you know, part of the free level. There seems to be um, a usage cap as well, which uh, if you pay, you know, the, the unsurprisingly, your usage cap is removed. Um Yeah, I mean, the only way to make a viable VPN that isn't monetizing you by stealing on your privacy is to charge you for it. Exactly. Or to cap it. Exactly. Um, So there you go. Or in the case of Proton, if you have used their free level, it's not capped, but you're limited in the servers you can use and you can only register one device. Yeah, they have to basically limit you or charge you or steal your privacy or some or all of the above. Yes, indeed. Um, which is now, something... you see, a lot, of con- a lot of confusion here comes about because they have a 1.1.1.1 app. Yes. And that app uses the VPN profiles in iOS to change your DNS server without actually enabling a VPN. And that's where the confusion often comes from. Right. So if all you're, you're getting from Warp is the 1.1.1 app, then that definitely is not a VPN. And that, I think, is at the root of a lot of this confusion. That's just a way of getting iOS to use their DNS servers. Right. There we are. And um, for what it's worth, um, 9 to 5 Mac say, uh, while other VPNs slow down the internet, Warp incorporates all the work the team from NewMob has done to improve mobile internet performance. We built Warp around a UDP-based protocol optimized for mobile internet, and we leveraged Cloudflare's massive global network, as you were saying, obviously as a content delivery service, allowing Warp to connect with servers within milliseconds of most of the world's internet's users. Yep. There we go. Uh, We test thousands of paths over the internet every second to find which have the best performance, so you skip past internet traffic jams, the same technology we use to make thousands of websites 30% faster on average. 
there we are. Because they're hosting a lot of those websites anyway. They're providing the CDNs, so they're in a really good position to give very efficient access. Yes, yes, they are. Um, the confusion, um, some of the confusion may simply have been from people's very poor reporting of it, because um, mm-hmm. although I'm not sure that Cloudfare's original um, press release was particularly clear on what parts uh, you got for free and what parts were paid for. There we go. Um, talking of VPNs... <laughs> Uh, um, Go on. Uh, Firefox are testing a VPN, and you can try that out right now. Um, With a lot of caveats on that one. Um, yes. You have to be American, and you have to be logged into your Firefox account, and you have to be on a desktop, not a, not a mobile device. Yes, indeed. But uh, there is the you know is the uh, start. It is testing. So there we go. Um, and uh, Ghostery, Ghostery, friends of the show, Ghostery, um, uh, maker of the anti-tracking. Uh, you know, extension, um, Ghostry or Ghostry Light if you use Safari. Um, they are going to launch a product called Ghostry Midnight, which will give you control of trackers at the device level. Um, I've got a link here from Ghostry themselves. Um, I have it from Ghostry that this will probably launch late October or early November. Um, and they hmm. will be coming on the show to talk about it. Um, Aha, I look forward to that. Yes, they are coming on the show uh, to talk to us about it. Um, I believe the 3rd of November. Anyway, um, that it will be shortly after it launches. Uh, that's what they've told me. So uh, there's, That looks uh, like, I mean, they only have a little blow-up at the moment, but that looks like a very interesting app. It does. Um, I've got no more details than, uh, you know, what's in the uh, in that uh, blog, uh, other than um, they told me that it should launch by the end of October. Um, and again, we have another, speaking of VPN, because this is also VPN based technology. It is, yes. Um, very the VPN so. with a firewall, basically. A very, very, very clever firewall. Mm. Um, I'm imagining this is not going to be available in iOS. I don't see how you could put this functionality into iOS. No, it doesn't. I mean, there's no pictures of a, you know, there is a picture here of um, a MacBook. Of a Mac. Yeah, or, uh, yes, of a Mac. So um, doesn't mention um, doesn't mention mobile at all. So not surprising. Yeah. Um there we are. That is uh, something coming, and they will be coming on the show to tell us all about it when it launches, which is nice. Look forward yeah. to that. Um, and uh, I think we're pretty much, uh, you know, coming to the end, really, uh, Bart. Um, Gruber, uh, worth a sort of quick worth of chirps. Apparently, uh, amongst all the other stuff Amazon announced at their event, um, celebrity voices are coming to Alexa, <laughs> right? Just, just in case. I, I think the best headline I saw on the Amazon event was, I think it was, might have been tidbits. It was, um, Alexa, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Yes. Yes, that's right. Because they seem to have announced an awful lot of stuff. Um, but, including products that are never that are never going to be real. They're just doing them to be able to say me too. Like they're they're announcing like the ring, for example, the loop they're calling it. They're announcing that being only available by invite only. And it appears to do basically nothing apart um, from that you touch your finger to talk to Alexa. The as I understand it, the ring is designed to work in conjunction with the glasses. It is not huh. specifically a standalone device. Um, the glasses, which are not AR or anything else, they are uh, a pair of frames into which you can put your own prescription lenses uh, or non-prescription, I suppose, if you're that keen. 
Um, and it, well, the, I was going to say, if you don't have glasses, what choice have you got? <laughs> yeah. Um, the ring, as I understood it, uh, is go, works in conjunction with the glasses, which have basically no more in them than um, little speakers with um, kind of funneled audio. Yeah, not even bone conduction. I mean, they missed a trick there. Mm. Well, uh, the idea being that you touch the ring and talk to Alexa and uh, the sound will be played back to you via the frames of the glasses. Um, how yeah, I mean, many people stuff... are going to be really taken with that? I do not know. No, I mean, thinking back to what else, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. The the version of the dot that is a radio alarm clock for your bedside table, that genuinely looked nice. Yes, that was about the only one that really caught my attention. A dot with an LED um, clock on the side. Um, yeah, but nicely done. Like the, 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 the time showed the fabric. It, it looked very nice. And then a tiny little portable one that you can just plug into any wall socket. So sort of, you know, in a workshop or whatever, just plug it in anywhere you have power. That's kind of a, a nice form factor, like the airport extreme sort of form factor. Right. So we we, we talking, what are they call in that one? The micro dot? Uh, oh, I don't remember because there were so many names and so many things. You're asking me to remember the impossible. Yeah, I've no idea. Yeah. I've no idea. Um, I didn't watch the event. I'll be. I'll be. Oh, honest. neither did I. We but, we just um, talked about it on um, the big the big show on the British Tech Network, um, right. and someone brought it along as their story, and it took half an hour because we went through them all. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of spaghetti chucked at the oh, wall. You are quite God. right. Anyway, yeah, um, the pet trap might be interesting i guess if you have a pet it'll give you an alert if your pet leaves a physical area and there were cheaper cameras from ring now that uh, amazon owned ring that seemed useful right um anyway apparently celebrity yeah. voices will be coming to alexa um and uh, as john gruber says here um samuel l jackson with an explicit option hell yes sign me up <laughs> well the explicit the explicit option sounds quirky in a fun sort of way but i hope you can turn it off Easy enough if you have, you know, your parents over for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Although um, I, I did buy my daughter, who, who is, you know, over 16, but we did buy my daughter at her own request, the Samuel L. Jackson uh, go the F to bed bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, yes, it's not NSFW or <laughs> NSF kid. Um, but Bedtime book, wonderful. yes. Um, and she also had it as a, um, an audio book, which is uh, read. Oh, of course. Of course. By... I mean, if you're going to get it, that's how you want it. <laughs> read by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, dear. Um, and uh, I think that's probably about it. Um, uh, yeah, you won't see Tim Cook doing this on the stage. Um, Jean-Louis Gasset. Uh, it was apparently 20 years since, uh, no, 30 years since the Macintosh yeah, Portable. Jesus. Yeah, 89. The Macintosh Portable uh, was released and it was Jean-Louis Gasset who presented it on stage um, and on YouTube. You can watch him do so. Um, I always wanted a Macintosh Portable, you know. I always uh, did. These are slightly before my time, I'm sorry to say. Right. Well, the Macintosh. I was nine years old. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably about yeah eighteen. No. Yeah, they look like a they look like a, 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 a what was it the uh, Commodore sixty four. That's sort of yes. It, it for design. people who don't know, I mean, yeah, follow the link, look, but or look it up. It was never a huge success. Um, imagine something like a Commodore sixty four or a. In fact, a, a, a portable electric typewriter of the period. Yeah, where the um. The keyboard cover folds up, and that contains the screen. Um, 
It had, I believe, a 10-inch uh, monochrome active matrix display, which was... Um, you know, Five pixels by four pixels or something? No, no, it was, which was bigger than the, uh, the SE and the SE30, which only had a okay. nine-inch uh, nine monochrome display. Um, he's, he's pulling it apart on stage, showing like expansion boards and stuff. And oh, yeah. He's, he's actually disassembling. Like, this is so different to modern Apple. It's... I always wanted a Macintosh portable. It it weighed a phenomenal amount because uh, a large amount of that uh, back section is in fact a lead acid battery. Oh Jesus! Yes, because yeah, of course we didn't have lithium ion. Uh, well, it, it, yeah, or it, not affordable lithium ion yeah, if it existed it, in the yeah, lab somewhere, NICAD or whatever. Um, Jesus, it. This is stunning. It is. Uh, oh, I always wanted full size hard drive. Yeah, it was a quote unquote portable machine. My God! In the in the phrase of the time, luggable. Now you know you might laugh at it now, at it whatever it was, bloody fourteen pounds or whatever it weighs. But um, at the time, I had an SE thirty and a bag to put it in, and I would lug that from place to place. <laughs> Uh, this is actually this is a great example of what we were talking about earlier. Like what? you take an iPod Touch mm. and you compare it to this contraption, <laughs> and what you have with an iPod Touch is a device with probably at least ten times the screen resolution, probably actually a hundred times the pixel count. Yep. Um... Um, you have a device with hundreds if not thousands of times the computing power perhaps tens or hundreds of thousands in fact uh, i would think many so. orders of magnitude <laughs> many orders of magnitude um i wow we have come <laughs> so far in portable devices from this. This, just, is, this is a wonderful piece of history and i you know i i lusted after one of those i can assure you and um oh i would have too this would have seemed like the future this would have seemed like star trek it was an amazing piece of kit it was quite expensive and i never um i did one time see one um a few years later at auction um in a you know uh, office clearance but i uh, i couldn't afford it even then there you go <laughs> but if you want to uh, yes if you want to see the birth of portable computing devices go watch it it's a fascinating piece of history there 30 we are years ago on the 20th of september yeah so a week ago it was 30 years ago that's that uh, that is a wonderful reminder of where we've come from that, that's really cool <laughs> there we are well i think we've probably covered everything worth worrying about uh bart so this is the bit where we wrap the show up so this is a bit where i uh, let you promote your uh you know Ooh. your pieces bits and pieces so take it away it's bobs well okay so the the one thing to remember is bartb.ie because i link everything from there and it saves you spelling my surname which is <laughs> definitely a good idea there's no point in me telling you my twitter is bbushots because you'll never spell it but bartb.ie you have a chance um I, what I do want to plug, though, is actually I do I do podcasts and uh, your good self are often kind enough to accompany me on a, a tour through Apple News. So the, the, the really relevant show for this audience is Let's Talk Apple. And I intend the show to fill a niche that I didn't think it was being properly filled, which is it's a monthly show. And we're interested in the big picture, not the minutiae of what happens day to day or even week to week, but step back 12 times a year and examine the forest rather than the trees. Um, and I have found that to be a very fun uh, format to prepare shows for because we're going to be talking about Apple's event, but 
we're going to have a different perspective on it because people have been using the devices that were announced. So it's not like your usual, oh, I think this will be cool. It's like, no, 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 this is how it's actually worked out. So that's sort of the, the, the idea behind the show. And I'd like to think it's worked well. I certainly enjoy doing it. So that's a metric. Well, I always, yeah, I always find it, um, you know, a pleasure to be on and a pleasure to listen to um, because I, I think you've, um, you know, I think you've hit that target very well. It's nice once a month to, you know, listen to the Let's Talk Apple and, you know, as you say, take a 30,000 foot overview of uh, Apple News. Um, yeah, because yeah. stories tend to develop. They tend not to be little atoms. They tend to string together. And when you're able to stand back, you actually get a more nuanced view because it's very easy to hear there's a terrible Apple vulnerability and then miss the next day's Mac OS Ken or whatever. and never know how it ended. Yeah. Like the saga with the 13-year-old kid, that one ran and ran and ran over three weeks. It well, on our it. show, we got to talk about the whole thing from soup to nuts in one go. So the fact that it ended well, that while Apple were too slow, they did eventually do the right thing and they changed their practices for the future. That was one story for us. Whereas if you're getting your news daily, it wasn't. And you could very easily miss out. Very much so. Um, so. So yes, bartb.ie. That's, that's there we go. That's that's my shirt. Sorry, that was a bit of a long plug, but anyway, bartb.ie. No, that's fine. Bart, uh, yeah, bartb.ie, or uh, you can also find it at uh, let-talk.ie, I believe. That is indeed for just the podcast. There's a photography one too that's also there, and the idea there is we don't talk about specific tech. We talk about the art and craft of photography. I don't care how you make pictures. I just want to help you make better ones. Excellent. Excellent. Well, there we go. Um, I am on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, I also have, uh, we also have the at Essential Apple uh, account, which I don't use very much, even though I should probably use it more. Um, I should mention, uh, because it occurred after the end of the show, but Tanya Vert from Light gifted us four copies of Amadine to give away. Ooh. That's their vector drawing application, which they recently released. Um, Wish I had the skills to use that. It's it's actually a nice it's a nice app. I was on the beta. I've got a copy of it. It's a it's a really powerful vector drawing app without the complexity of something like Affinity Designer or. Um, you know, it's it's one step down. It's above the kind of doodly drawing things. So it's powerful enough to do some really, really good work, but it does not have the um, the learning curve of something like Illustrator or Affinity Designer. Anyway, we have four licenses to give away. Um, and in the usual manner, if you want to put your name in the hat to win a copy, uh, email essentialapple at sudomail.com and that's S-U-D-O mail.com um, and I will announce the winners in about three weeks time. There you go. That'd give everybody a chance to uh, get their name in the hat. Um, right. And also, uh, don't forget that uh, if you are interested in photography, uh, Mac Jim in our Slack room has started a family-friendly Flickr group for listeners to share their photos and talk about, uh, you know, photography, because the dark room in the Slack is very popular. So if you're interested, head over to the Essential Apple Flickr uh, link in the show notes and request an invitation from uh, Jim. Uh, don't worry if he doesn't get back to you immediately. He, you know, he does have a life. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I'm off. I'm going to join this. So I'm doing that as you as you talk. Um, and I think that's probably about it. As I say, uh, thank you as usual to everybody who supports the show uh, via the Patreon, via the Pinecast Tips Jar, uh, by using the Amazon affiliate link. The big red button is on the website for that. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, after Barton, I say goodbye. We shall go over to John Nemo in the hardware store. And uh, I look forward to being with you again next time. So uh, until then, goodbye. Toodle pip. With the arrival of new hardware, Nemo's hardware store is taking our show on the road. So any ambient noise you hear from the background is because we're outdoors. First product comes from talented, creative, premium people at 12 South. T-W-E-L-V-E-S-O-U-T-H. That's the name of the company and also the website, 12south.com. We have an extraordinary case for the 11-inch iPad Pro, the new iPad Pro. It's called the Journal, J-O-U-R-N-A-L. color we received is cognac sort of a medium brown, very attractive, all leather, sewn to exquisite perfection with a big hole in the back for taking pictures using the camera. I'll describe it more in a second. Cost $100 in the U.S. and it begins its life with two zippers. You unzip it and you see that your pad is fully contained inside. So it's not only a journal style or a book style of iPad case and cover, but when it's zipped up, it truly is a journal. There's a pocket on the left for your keyboard or any other slim accessories. You snap your iPad in, you're ready to go. There's even a place for your pencil. And it describes this in English, a two-page journal for iPad Pro owner's guide. This is an iPad case with an owner's guide. An email address if you have any questions about using it for typing, sketching, display mode, storing and charging the pencil, and installing the pad in the journal. You just spent a fortune on your amazing 11-inch iPad Pro, and for $100, whatever is the currency in your country, you will get a case that will live at least as long as your iPad Pro. Journal by 12 South. Strongest Nemo hardware store recommendation. Check it out on their website from the links in our show notes at 12south.com, and you will see how impressive the journal for the iPad 11-inch Pro is. What a splendid case. For your new iPhone, the iPhone 11 series, or any of the previous iPhones, there's a company called Smartish, S-M-A-R-T-I-S-H, smartish.com. And in around the $25 range, you will find a bunch of different cases for the new iPhone 11 series and also the previous phones. I've been recommending these cases for a long time. You can also buy your glass, tempered glass screen protectors in a two-pack. Pairs nicely with the 11 or the XR because the glass fronts are the same as the prior generation of the phones. So we have three cases that we received from Smartish.com. The Wallet Slayer Volume 1 and the Wallet Slayer Volume 2. Different designs of putting your credit cards and bus passes with a kickstand and grippy sides and nice protection. Two different variations on that. That's called the Wallet Slayer because you don't need to carry your wallet anymore. So that's Wallet Slayer Volume 1 and 2, and they each come in several different colors that you'll see and from the links in our show notes here at Essential Apple. And also the Kung Fu Grip, 
super grippy, protective with a slim fit. We got the color called Purple Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Ooh, that's a groaner. Good company from Austin, Texas. They have a sense of humor. They don't take themselves all that seriously, but they take their products very seriously. We also, for the 6.5-inch iPhone, have the Wallet Slayer Volume 1 in a floral pattern. So the new jumbo-size iPhone Pro, Model 11, has its own case already with a humongous square hole in the back for that gigantic camera array that you are already familiar with. Reasonable prices, good color scheme, very good protection, and you can also purchase their tempered glass screen protectors that I will start using for myself and my students and clients as soon as somebody breaks their screen. Then you have one-handed texting selfie grip kickstand called the Prop Tart, P-R-O-P-T-A-R-T. So have a look at the Prop Tart for texting, selfie gripping and kickstand, and the Kung Fu Grip and the Volume 1 and 2 of the Wallet Slayer in all different sizes for the new and the prior phones from Smartish.com. So we're going to take our cases for a little stroll around the backyard here, and I'm sure our phones will be heavily protected with our tough sheet glass screen protector, and our iPad will be very elegant inside this gorgeous leather journal from 12 South. Back next week. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.